I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to a mini episode of Cinematic Universe, the podcast that's all about comic book movies, which you can find at cinematicmultiverse.com. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and I'll be bringing you a truncated version of the show to bridge the gap between our Logan and Tank Girl episodes. I'll be giving you my reactions to the comics that James recommended on last week's podcast, which were Old Man Logan and The Punisher The End. Um, But before any of that, let's take a look at some of the comic book movie news that has broken over the past week. And the obvious place to start is Thor Ragnarok, because we got a bunch of new images from the film, courtesy of Entertainment Weekly. Um, And I think the uh, headlines are Haircut and um, Hella. So we have Thor with a... um, a Sean Luck, he's now carrying swords instead of Mjolnir, and um, yeah, all his hair has been cut off, and there's been some negative reaction to Thor's new look, but I think he looks pretty great, you guys. Um, mostly, though, in these images, um, it seems like the the thing that they want to take away, they want us to take away from this, is that this is going to be a very colourful movie. Um, we have... Uh, Jeff Goldblum's Grandmaster um, wearing uh, an incredible Dayglow costume with kind of um, fluorescent face paint and uh, wild hair, and he looks great. Um, There is uh, Loki and Valkyrie, um, Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie we've seen um, an image for now. Um, She looks pretty great. Um, But I think it's, personally, I think it's Kate Blanchett who steals the show because she looks... Um, incredibly villainous and the kind of character design that you think, oh, if the performance matches and it's Kate Blanchett, so why wouldn't it? Um, then this could be a, a really iconic villain. Um, we'll have to wait and see because there's every chance that we barely see Hela in the movie. Um, we did get a, a, a brief plot synopsis or kind of talk around the plot in the, in the uh, article accompanying the Entertainment Weekly shots. Um, that revealed that the plot kind of starts with Kate Blanchett's character having been locked up for like millennia, and it's Loki's kind of loose running of Asgard that leads to her being released by mistake. And when she is released, um, there is some kind of throwdown with Thor, and he is um, sent through a wormhole. And apparently, Sakaar is where he ends up, which is where he will um, encounter Valkyrie and Hulk. 
and um, we'll go and fight Hulk in the Gladysorial Arena. Um, we don't know where that fits in with the stuff that we saw in the post credit scene in... Um, in Doctor Strange because obviously we saw um, Thor on Earth in Doctor Strange and the implication from this uh, synopsis is that Thor will be going on his road trip with Hulk after the Sakaar sequences um, so kind of in the second half of the film so whether that maybe takes a long time or a long enough time that his hair grows back I don't know um, but yeah apparently it will kind of the road trip will be Thor and Hulk searching for Odin which is obviously the person that Thor was referring to in that post-credit sequence. Um, yeah, so um, Thor Ragnarok, um, it looks pretty out there. This is definitely a change of pace for that franchise, um, and I'm looking forward to that as much as any other comic book movie this year at this point. Um, but we'll move on now to some X-Men stuff, um, and we'll start off with Logan, um, which obviously we had a deep discussion of on last week's podcast. Um there is going to be a black and white version uh, of the film, or at least there is highly likely to be a black and white version of the film appearing on the film's Blu-ray release. Um, James Mangold has been asked repeatedly about this and has now confirmed it. Um, I, I personally don't have much interest in seeing a black and white version of this. I've seen like black and whitey-fied versions of films before, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but personally, I, I thought Logan was a was a pretty beautiful looking film, and especially given that it's a throwback to westerns, um, I and it has that kind of that western landscape across New Mexico. And I I don't I, I want to see it in its original colors. I don't want to see it in black and white personally. Um, but uh, apparently there is interest, so that is what they're going to do. Um, Another uh, detail that we missed off our Logan podcast because we hadn't seen it at the um, at that point was the Deadpool teaser, which is being um, airing in front of releases of Logan, at least in North America. I'm not sure whether it's um, on UK uh, prints yet. I, um, I saw this um, when it was on general release in the UK, so um, and it wasn't on there when I saw it. So either it's delayed or um, it's just showing in North America, kind of like that um, Avengers sting with the um, shawarma. Um, but the Deadpool teaser is now online. Um, it's like, it's not footage from the movie. It's like a three and a half minute short, almost. Um, there is Deadpool spotting a mugging going down in a in a uh, alleyway and he runs off um, Superman style to get changed into his costume in a phone booth and then he comes out and he meets Stan Lee. There's a cameo from Stan Lee, that's a joke there. And then by the time he's got to the alleyway, the person who has been mugged has been killed. Um, there's a tease in there about um, Nathan Summers' cable uh, coming in the next Deadpool movie. There's also a bit of graffiti that says Hope, and some people are linking that to the character of Hope Summers and thinking that maybe she will appear in Deadpool 2, or potentially even in X-Force, which is going to be a Cable and Deadpool-led movie. Um, personally, I thought this teaser was a bit of a dud and I haven't seen people uh, really um, talking much about it critically but I thought that if, if this is a short movie then let's let's um, talk about it like that rather than a trailer um, it's a bad one the comedic timing is way off um, there aren't many jokes there's not the rate of jokes that there were in Deadpool and um, 
yeah, it just it just felt really off to me. Like the, the I I was bored watching it. Um, I'm sure some people really liked it, um, but I didn't, and it didn't make me any more excited for Deadpool two. Um, but it has reminded people that that movie's coming ahead of Logan, which is making a whole heap of money. So, um, I guess that's a good place to advertise it. On the point of Cable, though, um, there's been a couple of names uh, linked to that part now, which seem to have a little bit more veracity than previous ones. Um, Russell Crowe keeps being linked, but the big name, the, the big rumour right now is David Harbour, who plays Detective Hopper on Stranger Things. Now, I've been vocal on this podcast and on Twitter before about not really liking Stranger Things, um, but my one exception to that would be David Harbour, who I think is absolutely excellent on the show. Like, by a country mile, any time he turns up, I'm like, okay, I'm interested again. Um, So David Harbour as Cable, um, I would be pro that. I'd like to see that actor bouncing off Ryan Reynolds in that movie. Um, Russell Crowe, I like Russell Crowe, but less so. Like, I, I feel like I've seen him do the that Cable thing probably in The Nice Guys, or, a, like, a stretch on that. He's acted alongside Orion in a goofy buddy movie. Let's, let's not do it again. Um, moving over to TV now and um, Marvel stuff. The Inhumans cast has come together. We've also got a release date for that. That will be making its debut on IMAX screens on September the 1st. So probably expect it to be on TV screens um, about two weeks after that. Helen Wheel star Anson Mount has been cast as Black Bolt. Um, I haven't seen Helen Wheels, but I know some people like him very much. Um, and it'll be interesting to see... Um, how much of a lead he is in this show, given that he is a character who doesn't talk. Um, the the first character, the first piece of casting that was announced was Ewan Rian, the Game of Thrones and Misfits star, as Maximus. Um, and um, I, there, there was a couple of places referring to him as a lead, so I do wonder whether maybe this has been set up as some kind of more anti-hero kind of show. Um, but... Anson Mount is a decent-sized-ish name, but I wonder whether Ewan Rian maybe is the most recognisable face in this cast. Um, otherwise, there's Sarinda Swan as Medusa, who I don't know very well, but is not Ginger. So, um, you know, justice for Gingers. We've got to be casting Gingers and Ginger roles, you guys. Um, Ken Leung as Karnak, who's probably the member of this cast that I'm most excited about. He's one of those guys that any time he turns up in anything, um, I'm like, oh, Ken Leung, great. Um, and Karnak is, um, I, from my experience with these characters, one of the more interesting of, of the ones that I've seen. Um, Isabel Cornish has been cast as Crystal. Um, I don't know her work, but she is the younger sister of Abby Cornish. Uh, we've got M.A. Ickwalker as Gorgon, uh, Mike Moe as Triton, and Sonia Balmares as Oran. Um, I don't really know any of those actors or any of those characters very well, but they're all going to be in it as well. So Inhumans um, shaping up and we can expect to see it on September the 1st. Um, and finally, we got our final look at Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 before its release. Um, we uh, that is, It was more of the same, basically. There was uh, a little bit of a spotlight on all of the characters. Gamora finally got to talk in the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. 
Um, and I'm really hoping that now that this team is a bit more gender balanced with Nebula and Gamora and Mantis, that the female characters do get a bit more of a showcase in this film. Um, and that it's not just the uh, the Baby Groot movie. Um, Baby Groot doesn't get quite as much focus in this trailer, which is nice as well. Because while I'm looking forward to seeing that character in a full movie, I um, am wary of it being the Baby Groot movie. Uh, but it doesn't look like it will be. And um, right at the end of the trailer, we finally got our first look at Kurt Russell as Ego the Living Planet, except in human form. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to work in the movie, but obviously we're going to see Kurt Russell um, in human form and, and presumably in planet form as well. Uh, and an explanation behind how that works. But basically, Kurt Russell looks like Kurt Russell, and um, I'm sure it's going to be fun watching him and Chris Pratt um, banter away in that movie. Um, it also looks like it's some early stuff in the tr in the in the movie, like that it's not going to be any kind of big revelation late into the movie. It's probably going to be pretty early on, and it looks like um, Elizabeth Debicki's Aisha and this gold-skinned uh, race are going to be uh, probably the prime antagonists of the movie, and um, that's some great character design as well. So um, go Marvel, giving some female characters, uh, some female villain characters, some great character design at the very least. Um, in their 2017 movies. Um, but that's it for this week's comic book movie and TV news. We'll move on now to our discussion of the comics that James recommended on our Logan podcast. And I think we'll probably start off with the main recommendation. This was Old Man Logan uh, from Mark Miller and Steve McNiven, um, an eight-issue um, run of uh, Wolverine comics uh, from, I believe, like the mid-2000s. Um, I read all of these on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, you can find them there. Our other recommendation is uh, although as a Marvel comic is a it's a Max Punisher Max comic, so it's not available on Limited. So you'll have to um, find that elsewhere um, if you do want to read along. Um, but Old Man Logan, I imagine this is one of the comics that I'm going to be talking about on the podcast that um, a higher percentage of our listeners will have read. Um, the normal. It's quite a famous comic, and it was um, quite openly um, some kind of influence. Maybe not a plot influence, but had some influence on uh, Logan. So um, I think quite a lot of people will have read it in the build-up to Logan's release. Um, I didn't. I held back. I was thinking about reading it, but then I thought, well, I'm going to be recommended it afterwards anyway, and I do like to go into these movies um without the weight of the comics because i can just get seven james to cover that aspect and i can go into them fresh um but yeah so old man logan um i will do a kind of brief synopsis of the comic for those of you who haven't read it um it is set it's it's kind of like a what if comic or like a potential future similar to logan i think um in that we are set uh, like 50 years in the future or 50 years after um this big um, attack where all of these supervillains of the world kind of banded together, um, led by characters like Magneto and the Red Skull. Um, and uh, they realised that every villain kind of outnumber... Well, the villains in the world outnumber the heroes 10 to 1, at least, because every hero has multiple villains who just they cycle through, which is um, which is a great idea for a setup. Hey, there's a lot more villains. If they all just get together, they're going to be able to take out the heroes. So they do do that. They take out the heroes and kind of carve up America between them. Um, and 
there's there's some stuff in the comic that's kind of uh, it's like held back on the 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 reveals in it. Um, but I'm I'm just going to spoil them here, so if you don't want to find out um, everything about it, um, look away now. Um, but yeah, the 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 Red Skull is the president in this um, in this kind of post-apocalyptic future and um the the rest of the country has been divided up between the rest of the villains and so we have uh, kind of the west coast is now called hulkland formerly the abominations territory then we have the kingdom of the kingpin formerly the domain of magneto um the middle of america is kind of its own uh blank space um there's then doom's lair uh, there is a region where Osborne City is the area that they're going to be passing through. Um, and the final, the East Coast, is the President's Quarter. Uh, but there's all these like little little marks on the map. Like there's an area which is the lair of the Creel Gang. Or um, we've got Pym Falls and we've got uh, Cree Haven. And uh, there's, there's, uh, it's basically a post-apocalyptic America that has been split up between the villains. And um, Wolverine is living in Sacramento. He has a wife and two kids and um, hasn't used his claws or been violent in the 50 years that have passed. Um, he is one of the few remaining superheroes. Um, another one is Hawkeye. And the two of them, uh, Hawkeye hires Logan to go on a road trip with him across America um, to drop something off over in the president's quarter. Um, Logan knows uh is is willing to accept this on the proviso that he is uh he doesn't have to use his claws that he's not going to engage in any violence and uh does it because he needs the money because they've missed rent for the first time ever and life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply the the hulk clan who are these kind of like inbred descendants of bruce banner and uh she hulk um a kind of like redneck deliverance takes on uh hulks um they're gonna come and beat the crap out of um logan and potentially kill his entire family if he doesn't pay double rent next month so he has four weeks to basically get across america and get back earn his money and pay off the hulks um so he goes on he goes on this adventure with hawkeye and um 
we, we basically see him going across the country and we find out along the way kind of what happened to various heroes. We see what the state of superheroes is in this apocalyptic future. Um, how how the villains have kind of survived. Um, and it's... I would say in terms of in terms of world building, it's a really like fun piece of fan fiction from Mark Miller. It, he's he's fought through this world that exists um, it, when all the heroes have been thwarted and all the villains have taken over, and it's it's pretty well realized. And it's kind of like, oh, who are we going to discover next? What little detail are we going to find next? Um, Hawkeye has a daughter who is kind of inspired to become a superhero and gets captured by the new kingpin. Um, so there's there's all that kind of stuff in there. And um, I've got to say, it's a really, really propulsive, easy read. Like, I smashed through this comic in one sitting. There's seven issues that are in the main Wolverine comic line. You'll be able to find them by kind of just searching for... In fact, if, if you're on Marvel Unlimited, it's on kind of like the... Mo- Issue one is on the most like re- recently or um, most read section on the front page right now because there's a there's a bunch of stuff there. Um, I was emailing Seven James my thoughts about this comic afterwards, and um, here's what I said to them. It's probably easiest if I if I just read it verbatim. I was like, "Old Man Logan is a very easy read, but also a very inconsequential one. It actually surprised me quite how little it ended up being about." It just felt like an exercise in fan fiction. That's not to say it's bad, because it's very propulsive storytelling, but it felt so empty. Uh, to which Seb replied, just quoting what I'd said before, and said, well done, you have understood Mark Miller. Um, <laughs> so th- that that would kind of be my summation of Old Man Logan. It's a fun read, it's an easy read, you can blast through it. Um, but it does feel kind of empty. Like, it doesn't feel like there's an awful lot of substance to the story. There are some cool bits, there are some fun bits, there's some good world building, but it's not really about anything. And I think certainly if you're watching this, if you're reading this after watching Logan, um, you're going to think, well, Logan tells a similar story. It doesn't have all of the Marvel Universe to play with. It doesn't have Hawkeye. But it tells a story that is a lot more about its central character. And um, it feels like it's about something in a way that Old Man Logan just really doesn't. I mean, there is some, there's some cool stuff. There's some cool parallels with the with the movie. So in Old Man Logan, uh, it's Wolverine who's responsible for having killed all the X-Men in the past. Um, when all the villains attack, Mysterio kind of mind controls Logan and makes him think that all of the all of these villains are attacking him in the X Mansion, um, except they're not. Um, it's just his fellow X Men. So Wolverine kind of goes into this berserker rage, thinks that he's killing all of these uh, villains that are attacking them, but he's not doing. He's killing all of the other X Men. So like. Um, Kitty Pride and Storm and just basically you see you see like image after image of um, all of these dead mutants around him and so Wolverine has kind of been like forever scarred by that and has vowed not to use his claws again um, and uh, we kind of see him commit to that for like maybe the first six or seven issues of this comic until. Hawkeye is killed and then there is this admittedly really really cool page where you just see a blank page and the word snicked on the uh 
on the page and then Wolverine unleashes his claws and um, throws down and his first fight is with um, the President Red Skull um, and, and you know another comic another week where uh, closer to reality than we would like um, but yeah President Red Skull is taken out by Wolverine Wolverine then gets back to his um, home uh, two weeks early thinks that it's going to be fine but he arrives his wife and child uh, children have been killed by the Hulks who got bored of waiting so then Wolverine kind of uh, goes berserker on all the Hulks. And um, yeah, that's kind of like, again, drop, drop the reference again, a John Wick kind of revenge um, couple of issues where Hulk, uh, where, well, where all the Hulks are taken out one by one by Wolverine until he, uh, Wolverine actually gets to Bruce Banner, um, uh, original Hulk, who's now old, but still uh, powerful and still able to... Uh, transform into the badass Hulk, um, and there is a there's a big fight there, which includes some really grisly stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, it's I don't know. It was it, it it happened. It was fine. There's there's some fun ideas, but yeah, it, I I felt a little bit empty. And Seb's description of well done, you've understood understood Mark Miller. I get that. And I get that Mark Miller um, it kind of has a reputation um, and this kind of stuff. But I've also read some Mark Miller stuff that I've enjoyed. Um, I feel like I feel like Kickass isn't quite as empty as this. Um, but yeah, there's no denying that Mark Miller can tell stories that you want to read. Um, it's just maybe that I didn't particularly want to think an awful lot about afterwards. So my recommendation to anyone would be. Um, you know, read this comic, it's fun, but don't have any particularly high expectations. Um, it's it's kind of fun because it gets to play around with ideas within the Marvel Universe and use certain characters um, that movies, you know, the movies would never be able to tell this story. Um, but I'm not also, I'm also sure, not sure they'd want to. So I would say, yeah, if you had to choose between the two, watch Logan, don't read Old Man Logan. Um, but if you've got like a couple of hours spare, you'll be able to blast through Old Man Logan and I think you'll enjoy it just fine. Um, yeah. But we'll move on now to James's other re recommendation, which was The Punisher, The End, which is from Garth Ennis and Richard Corbin. Uh, just a single issue here that imagines um, kind of the, the last mission of The Punisher. Um, and this is another post-apocalyptic wasteland um, comic. Um but one I enjoyed um, an awful lot more. So this is um, the Punisher is in jail. And while he's in jail, kind of shit is going down in the outside world. Um, there is, it's, it's kind of a nuclear war that is going to, it's mutually assured destruction between all, all nations. And this is going down while the Punisher's in jail because he got old basically and was able to be finally caught. So, um, before all this stuff is going down, uh, the jailers um, have been ordered to go around and kill all of the prisoners on the off chance that they do escape, uh, that, that things, not everyone does die, that they wouldn't want like the prisoners being able to just get out there and uh, and be roaming free. So they, they kill all the prisoners, except, of course, they're not able to kill Wolverine. Wolverine. They're not able to kill the Punisher. Um, and this prison also has happens to have an underground bunker where all of the guards are going to go and hide out um, after after the bombs go off. 
Uh, Punisher takes them all out and uh, him and a couple of other prisoners are, are able to take refuge in the bunker. Um, a year passes and Punisher um, finally kind of emerges and he knows with the with the nuclear war that he's not going to survive out there, that he's got like maximum about 72 hours out in the outside world. The radiation will kill him. Um, but otherwise he's going to, you know, just kind of rot out the rest of his days in this bunker. And he has a mission because there was a fellow prisoner of his that um, gave him some information before, uh, before he died down in the bunker. And so Punisher and one other uh, prisoner who is with him uh, kind of go on this journey from the prison they're in to New York City where they have somewhere that they want to get to. Um, and it turns out that there is a there is kind of another like underground bunker uh, sealed off from the outside world, and there's uh, there's a few around the world where kind of the richest and most powerful people have made this um, have have kind of made these bunkers. It's it's kind of Kingsman esque. Um, so you think at the end of the Kingsman movie that all these rich and powerful people have found this place that they're going to survive while the rest of the world uh, perishes. And um, Punisher gets there and uh, takes a bunch of people out until he gets to this room where all the rich and powerful people are. Um, and um, he basically turns up and he's like, yeah, all right, I'm going to kill you now. I'm going to kill you all now. And the, the guy, this main guy in the bunker says to him, look, I, look, can I, you're free to kill us if you want, but let me tell you something first. Like, we built a load of these bunkers, but during the course of the past year, the rest of the bunkers have started going dark. We've, like, we've lost communications with a lot of them. We think things have gone wrong. And basically, we are the last of humanity here. So it's all these kind of like, middle-aged, rich, white guys, and they're like, you know, we've frozen some some eggs, you know, we're going to be able to, re we're gonna be able to let humanity rebuild itself from here uh we're going to be able to you know um keep mankind alive keep mankind's future alive because we exist here otherwise everyone else is dead like we're surprised you managed to get here no one can go outside for the next hundred years like so if you kill us you destroy the human race and the punisher kind of shrugs and goes yeah well you kind of deserve it you're the people uh, you, you're the people who brought about this war for your, you know, your greed and your villainy, and you're you don't deserve to survive. I don't care whether you're the last of humanity. I don't care whether humanity is able to prosper because of you. You have sinned and you deserve to die, and it just kills them all, um, because that's what the Punisher does. He doesn't have any time for nuance or arguments or philosophy or this or that. And maybe humanity doesn't deserve to uh, to go on. So he just kills all of these guys in the bunker. And basically, the Punisher ends humankind there in that bunker because they were bad people. They deserve to die. And that's what the Punisher does. Um, and I love this as kind of a natural endpoint for this character. Just this character who deals out punishment or deals out what he sees as justice in the form of punishment. And uh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether he's uh, dooming humanity, dooming the human race. He's going to do it anyway, because that is what the Punisher does. 
Um, and I, I just loved the concept for this story and it felt like so true to the heart of everything that I've ever read of The Punisher. A- anything that I know about The Punisher. And that felt like what this story should be. And I've kind of, I think that's what Old Man Logan lacked the most was that it didn't really it didn't really seem to tell me a lot about Wolverine. It didn't seem to be that concerned with the character almost. It seemed more interested in the world that it could build around this story and, and the fight scenes that it could um, that it could muster up. Whereas this, this Punisher just felt like really boiled down to what is this character essentially? What is his worldview? Let's see him, uh, let's see him enact that at the end of the world. So it literally is the Punisher, the end. Like it couldn't, that, that, the title couldn't be more apt um and uh yeah i thought it was really fun and just one issue like i think it's uh i think it might be a 48 page issue but um i would definitely recommend this as a read um yeah as i said that one's not an unlimited but you can track it down so the punisher the end from garth ennis and richard corbin um but that's it for this week's podcast um don't forget that next week's show or our next main episode is on Tank Girl. Um, we think now we might have to plug in a bonus episode next week rather than going straight to Tank Girl because James is heading off to an international junket for Iron Fist, so won't be around when we record. And uh, Tank Girl was James's pick for the podcast, so we definitely don't want to record that episode without him. Um, so we'll probably be pushing Tank Girl back a week and plugging in some kind of bonus episode at the moment. Uh, Seb and I haven't landed a hundred percent on what that is, so I guess if you you know if you've got any ideas of stuff you particularly want us to discuss on the show um, that we can devote an episode to, just uh, throw us a tweet and we'll definitely take it into consideration. We've got a few ideas, but um, as I said, nothing set in stone just yet. Um, but yeah, after that we will definitely be getting to Tank Girl, which I've never seen, so I'm really looking forward to and. Um, our pod guest last week, Michael Leader, um, pointed out to me, would that be potentially our first movie on the podcast from a female director? And I think he might be right. There's not an awful lot to choose from in the uh, in the comic book movie world. Um, so, yeah, that might be our first one, which is crazy. Um, but uh, we will definitely have at least one more before the year is out because uh, Wonder Woman is uh, being released and that is directed by Patty Jenkins as well. So uh, yeah, we'll at least have two before the end of this year and um, hopefully there will be many more in the future as well. Not just when they have female lead characters as well. Um, but yeah, so maybe a bonus episode next week um, and then we'll get to Tank Girl. Um yeah, so if you're enjoying the show, then please do subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, or your podcast app of choice. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cinematic universe. Um, we haven't been reading out iTunes reviews for quite a while on the podcast, but I'm keen to start doing that again. So if you would like to leave us uh, reviews on iTunes, um, we'll read those out on the show. So good or bad, one star, five stars, anything in between, we'll read them out. Obviously, we'd prefer five stars, but um, yeah, please leave us a review because it just helps us grow the podcast and uh, get it into the ears of more people. Um, you can find more episodes of the show at cinematicmultiverse.com and you can get in touch via Facebook, on Twitter, at CU underscore podcast, or send us an email to cinematicuniversepod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.